welcome everybody to another episode of Why Did I Like It? Now, if you've been following along with the first two episodes, I think in episode either one or two, I mentioned how I probably steer clear of wrestling because I've loved it for my entire life, so I pretty much know why. And this is true. So when it comes to actual wrestling matches or wrestling as a concept, I will steer clear of it because for the most part, I know why I like wrestling or why I've always loved it. But today is going to be a little exception, a little bit of a cheat, a little cheat code, a little game genie, if you will. For those of you who don't know what that is, it was a device used to help you cheat at video games. See my last episode as to why I should have used one. Or for the early knots of you, it's a little game shark, if you will. For those of you who don't know what a game shark is, see my game genie description. And for those of you children who exist in the modern day, it's a little mod, if you will. It's a modification to help to make you win video games and cheat. I'm tired of this joke. Anyway, so today I'm going to make a little detour. <laughs> Sorry, I just saw a snippet of what I'm going to cover today and it made me giggle. We're going to look at something that is not wrestling while also being somewhat wrestling. Okay, I'll explain what I mean. So we're going to take ourselves back to July 4th, 1993. Mike Sims is a paltry, Mike A. Sims is a paltry, uh, let's see, let's do the math real quick. Seven years old. Wow, I was seven at the time of this. Three years older than my son, two years younger than my niece. None of that impacts anything. But I was seven years old. It's Independence Day, 93. And what are, what are we going to witness? Ah, freedom. Yep. So WWE was known as WWF at the time. They're World Wrestling Entertainment now, uh, then and forever. If you're a wrestling fan, you get that reference. Back then, they were known as the World Wrestling Federation. If you ever say WWE to anybody who's over the age of 50 and they say, you mean WWF? Or if they call wrestling WWF, just know that means that they have not watched wrestling since Hulk Hogan was a full-time active wrestler. And mind you, he was not in WWE slash F for a good, like, seven years. So that means the person who watched wrestling is either a dinosaur or is smart enough to not watch wrestling. Anyway, but today, today is a glorious day because on this day, on July 4th of 1993, it's not just Independence Day. There's a battle for freedom going on. Let me set the scene. Let me set the scene. Okay. So the reason, first of all, why we're going to watch this is because... Even though it is in a wrestling company, it's not an actual wrestling match. Today, we're going to look at why did I like the Yokozuna Body Slam Challenge. A little bit of backstory, a little bit of backstory. I'm very excited about this one. It's going to be palpable because I obviously love wrestling. But, okay, so Hulk Hogan had been the man in WWF for years. And I know it's WWE. I have to call it WWF because I'm referring to a certain time period. So please... Just bear with me and let me live my life and do things my way. So Hulk Hogan was the champion for like 10 years in WWF. He was the man in the 80s. My grandfather, rest in peace, loved Hulk Hogan. I subsequently loved Hulk Hogan. Uh, granted, not so much after some very alarming audio came out. But I mean, who am I to, you know, judge racial insensitivity? I'm probably the perfect audience. Well, point is, Hulk Hogan was different back then. And he was the man. But then as time wore on, believe it or not, he wasn't even that old. But he was like late 30s, early 40s. And then it was like, ah, Hulk, Hulkster, you're, you're kind of getting up there in years. Which is crazy because the entire MCU is like in their 40s. And they're all seen as cool and young. 
But Hulk Hogan started to be phased out. And then what made it even more apparent that he needed to go was the fact that the WWF went through a steroid trial where Vince McMahon, the owner of the WWF, the World Wrestling Federation, was accused of encouraging or distributing or selling steroids to his superstars or wrestlers. He, of course, denied it. He eventually won the court case and was proven innocent and all this good stuff, whatever have you. But at the time, Vince and the company decided to steer away from bigger dudes. And the biggest dude, aside from, you know, uh, Andre the Giant, who was just tall, who, you know, I don't think he passed away, but he was in the company at this time he was gone, was Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan had 24-inch pythons, a.k.a. his arms were 24 inches wide, which is insane because my arms, if I measured them, uh, I don't, think they'd go past two inches. How, my goodness, how big is Hulk Hogan? So Hulk Hogan had, you know, kind of fell away from the company, but Vince still, Vince McMahon, the owner, still liked big guys. Vince McMahon had an edict in his company where to be a, a an imposing wrestler, people had to turn heads at the airport. I mean, they had to look in awe of this person walking through an airport. It's so absurd because no matter what the size of the celebrity, if somebody is famous, they will turn heads at an airport. I've been with people who were just mildly good looking or had a very interesting shirt on and they've turned heads at an airport. Anyway, so Hulk Hogan was the guy in WF and he had to phase out a little bit. So Vince decided when Hogan was backing away from the spotlight to start spotlighting big men in different ways, taller guys, wider guys. So you had this seven foot three or whatever he was, seven foot plus um, tall guy named Diesel who came to prominence in a few years after that. You had uh, Mabel, who was also taller plus larger, a very rotund gentleman. And my personal favorite of the bigger guys to come out, Yokozuna. Now, we would find out later on that Yokozuna was actually Samoan and related to The Rock and Roman Reigns and Rikishi and other Samoan wrestlers, the Usos, because in the world of wrestling, there's two major, there's a lot of big families with generations upon generations of wrestlers, but in wrestling itself, there's two Samoan families. There's The Rock, Roman Reigns, The Usos, that whole side, like I said, Tamina. And then there's uh, the other family, which is just Samoa Joe. And I think it's just Samoa Joe by himself. Anyway, Yokozuna at the time, though, was presented as as a Japanese former sumo wrestler who decided to get into wrestling. Yokozuna itself, I believe, is the name for the highest rank of a sumo. Again, if you're just just joining, why did I like it? I do very little research for these shows because I like to keep it pure. I like to keep it, you know, I, I want to experience things of my youth as they happen, you know, as I interact with them, as if it's been the first time in a long time. And it it has been. Trust me, it has been. As a matter of fact, my goodness, this is 1993. It is now 2022. In a couple months, it'll be 2023. Remember when our teacher said you never have a calculator in your pocket everywhere you go? <laughs> Tell that to my iPhone. So this will have been 30 years ago next July 4th, July 4th, 2023. And of course, I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to celebrate Body Slam Challenge Day. I don't need to celebrate the 4th of July for independence for a variety of reasons, but I'm going to celebrate Body Slam Challenge Day. So anyway, Vince McMahon is trying to get bigger guys. Yokozuna is bigger. Uh, Yokozuna, of course, like I said, is um, being portrayed as an Asian uh, sumo wrestler. Now, Yokozuna, when he first debuted in WBF, was portrayed as like this, he was like a world ender, basically. Um, there's a there's a very popular wrestler at the time known as Hacksaw Jim Duggan. He wore blue trunks and he was like popular in the 80s and 
you know, he was still popular in the 90s. He would come to the ring waving an American flag, carrying a two by four, and he would just scream, ho, um, which in later decades, <laughs> when, when, when things became a little more risque, he'd come to the ring and he'd use it disparagingly against a woman, which is just like, is the most wrestling thing in the world. Like, this beloved character is screaming ho just as a battle cry. And then, you know, the word eventually means something different. So one writer's like, hey, you know, we could do. And nobody is like, hey, that's awful. They all just say, hey, why wouldn't we? Decency. Okay, rant time. Brian, put in the bell. I got to say, we look back at the 2000s like it's this this great era, but there was a lot of like misogyny and homophobia in that era, man. It was like, and to think about it and to speak about it, there's this reverence that people have where it's like, oh, you know, the pop stars and, you know, Britney Spears and NSYNC and Backstreet Boys and, you know, uh, the fashion and, you know, Nelly and blah, blah, blah. And the 2000s were a somewhat fun period for the most part. But if you watch any of the movies and the shows from back then, like there's literally, you know, oh my gosh, there's a um, boat trip with uh, Cuban Gooding Jr. And I forgot who else it is. Horatio Sands, I believe, where they, you know, pretend to be gay to <laughs> to get on a boat and talk to a woman. And it's just any every single homophobic cliche you can imagine. Then you had bringing down the house with Queen Latifah where like her and Steve Martin play something and he goes to the quote unquote hood and like, Every black person is just, you know, portrayed as dangerous and very ghetto. And it's just, it was, and these were 90s movies. And there was like full on genre, like Save the Last Dance and like where it was like, wow, this white person's in a black world. This is crazy. And this is not white savior movies. This is like a white person is just interacting with black people. And it's like, oh my goodness. Or like a gay guy is just, just an insatiable appetite for anything that moves and walks around. And, or, you know, the lesbians are just always angry. It was just, this was in any movie that had those kind of characters in it or those kind of premises, they played up the stereotypes to the hilt. This was the 2000s. And yes, trust me, it's not lost on me the fact that this was only 20 years ago. But when people say something like that, like, oh, it was 20 years ago, they say that as if it's only 2012 that matters. No, this this didn't just happen in 2012 and then 20 years later, it's different, which is the same thing they did when they would show like civil rights stuff in textbooks by having them in black and white to pretend like it was years and years earlier. No, this just happened recently. So this was just happening. And it was going all the way up till even like 2014, 15, 16. It wasn't until, you know, People like different voices and creative voices came into Hollywood that the powers that be were like, oh, wait a minute. So you you could make a movie with a, with an all homosexual cast and, a, and it's, you know, people will go see it with deeply written characters that aren't just obsessed with like, you know, hooking up with each other. Oh, people will go see a black movie about a, a, a superhero like by the billions. Like, wait, what? I thought they just wanted to see the same thing over and over again with no kind of diversity or inclusion. <sighs> 2000s were a very complicated time, as as saccharine as they seem. Saccharine? Saccharine? As sugary sweet as they seem. It's kind of like the 80s. Bubblegum pop versus the crack epidemic. But I got too literal with there. This is a light and airy podcast. Doesn't mean you can't learn something. All right. So backtracking to, to where we were, uh, Yokozuna, of course, because he's a foreigner in the WWF, 
is immediately portrayed as a villain. And Axel Jim Duggan, prior to him screaming out ho as uh, as an insult to women, is just screaming it as a battle cry. And he's America. So Yokozuna being from Japan, he goes up against Axel Jim Duggan. And I remember watching this live as a kid on Monday Night Raw. And Axel Jim Duggan is, and Yokozuna is very, very big. I don't like to say the word fat. He's very, very big. He weighs a lot. And Axel Jim Duggan is an average size man. Match starts, bang, bang, bang. They start fighting. That's how fighting, that's what fighting sounds like. Bang, bang, bang. So they start battling each other. Um, Yokozuna is really like, just he gets the upper hand almost immediately. Then he does this thing called the bonsai drop. The bonsai drop now is where you're you're laying down on a, on a mat in a wrestling ring. A wrestling ring has four posts. It has three ropes in ascending order uh, spaced evenly apart. I don't know if you've ever seen a wrestling ring, so I'm describing it just in case. And wrestlers will go to the corner where the posts are and the ropes intersect and they will climb them like a ladder. So Yokozuna would climb to the second rope, then he would jump down and he would, he would sit down on the chest of his opponent. It was called the bonsai drop because remember, he's supposed to be Japanese and there's nothing Americans know more about foreign cultures than the most basic information of said cultures. So, okay, in Japan, there's bonsai trees, uh, bonsai drop. Okay, in, in Japan... There's uh there's there's sumo wrestlers and they usually have handlers. Ah, get Mr. Fuji as his manager. So he does a bonsai drop to Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and Hacksaw Jim Duggan actually starts coughing up blood. And then they have him off TV for weeks and they have an update from his wife. And I remember being genuinely worried. So Yokozuna, I was like, oh, no one can beat Yokozuna. Like just nobody, nobody. It was, yeah, he was, he actually, he actually scared me more than The Undertaker. People were like, oh, The Undertaker's really dead. I was like, that's, that's not scary at all. He moves too slow. I'm not scared of things that move slow. That's why I wasn't scared of Michael Myers. But Yokozuna, he could move fast for a big dude. So I was like, if he gets any wrestler that I love, he's going to kill them. At the time, I was very much in love with Bret Hart. Bret Hart was a smaller guy. I've always loved Bret Hart. He's always been one of my favorite wrestlers, top five of all time. So I was like, if Yokozuna ever gets his hand on Bret Hart, he's going to kill him. So Hulk Hogan, to write him out of the picture, he kind of stops appearing on television until he suddenly starts showing up prior to this body slam challenge at around WrestleMania 9, which is April, April, May, June, July. So April, around April 93, uh, Hulk Hogan starts coming back around and he's not really in the main event, so he's not really interacting with Yokozuna that much as Yokozuna is running through the, the roster. Around this time, Bret Hart became the champion. I think he beat Ric Flair, but Bret Hart is the champion. So WrestleMania is like the Super Bowl of wrestling. So this is where all the big matches take place. So it's going to be Bret Hart versus Yokozuna, who had been slowly on a tear after he basically killed Hacksaw Jim Duggan. This builds up to WrestleMania 9, where it's Bret Hart versus Yokozuna, the monster. And I'm scared for Bret Hart. Bret Hart loses because Yokozuna is a monster. Um, Hulk Hogan comes out. With his red and yellow, not having been around for years and because of Steratrol trying to, you know, distance himself. And he immediately challenges Yokozuna to a match. Being the valiant babyface, the valiant good guy he is, he challenges a wrestler who's a villain who just wrestled a match to a match at WrestleMania. I don't think we know what good guys are sometimes in wrestling. Yokozuna, for some reason, says yes, and Hogan beats him in like nine seconds. It's ludicrous, ludicrous. I personally loved it because I saw it live when I was a kid. Again, seven-year-old Mike seeing... Actually, by July 93, I would have been eight. So seven-year-old Mike, my birthday is June 30th. I will accept uh, cash gifts or ritualistic animal sacrifices of the tasteful kind. Don't sacrifice a raccoon. That's not as good. That's just you getting rid of trash. Or a possum. I want something that you really like, like a baby calf or maybe even um, a lion. Something that makes me strong. So 
uh, Hulk Hogan wins. I loved it. And then he kind of goes away for a little bit, but he's the champion. Yokozuna continues his tear, even though he like lost to Hogan. But it was also like a weird thing where Yokozuna got salt thrown in his eyes by his manager who was trying to cheat for him or something. Something weird happened. So that um, yeah, um, Hulk Hogan is is kind of still trying to be seen as the guy, but people really liked Bret Hart. But Vincent Mann was he needed he needed somebody who would turn heads, and Bret Hart was on the smaller side, size wise and and muscular wise, musculature wise. So Vincent Mann was going with Hulk Hogan again. Then King of the Ring. June 13th, 1993. Okay. And this all matches up. So June 13th, 1993, King of the Ring, which is another big event uh, for WWF, takes place. This is where Yokozuna beats Hulk Hogan, pins him one, two, three. It's called Clean, which is, if you know anything about Hulk Hogan or wrestling in general, that's a very big deal because he never lost. Hulk Hogan, yes, I know it's predetermined. By the way, it's just, I understand it's predetermined. You're not breaking any new ground. You're not being edgy. You're not being cool. You're not upsetting me. You're just being like everybody else who does that. So hold that. Anyway, so Hogan loses the title and finally leaves the company for a very long time. So everyone's like, okay, Hogan's gone. Okay, Yokozuna's a monster. Okay, Brett lost to him because he's a monster. But Brett can probably figure it out because Brett's a great wrestler. He can dissect people. He can break them down. Brett looked at wrestling like UFC fighters look at UFC fights, where they try to think of a particular skill or technique to take down their opponents. So Brett was very good. He made it very realistic, very lifelike, despite it being predetermined. So Vincent Mann is like, so you guys like Brett? He like Bret Hart? He like Bret Hart? Fine. We'll give you another Hulk Hogan instead. And we're like, wait, that's not at all what we want. And he starts building up Lex Luger. Now, Lex Luger, prior to this whole thing, had been known as Narcissus or the Narcissist or the Narcissist Lex Luger, depending on what era, honestly. They changed his name week to week. It was very weird. Very hard to maintain or keep track of. There we go. Um, But Lex Luger essentially was this Greek statue come to life that would come down to the ring, pose in front of a bunch of mirrors with fireworks behind them. He looked phenomenal. His personality consisted of him screaming like most wrestlers of the 80s, but now this was the 90s, so him screaming actually was kind of like jarring. He would literally just get on the microphone and just yell things, and he would just pose in front of the mirrors. He looked very good, but like his wrestling, I don't really remember much. I think it was very basic. Punches and slow movement and all that good stuff. But he looked cool. It looked good. I mean, I don't want to say cool. He looked good. So Vince starts building him. He's like, listen, I need another blonde, tanned, muscular guy to replace Hulk Hogan. You're the guy. And we're all like, but we want Bret Hart. Bret Hart wears pink. He's a little bit smaller. He has black hair. He has this, this like cool about him because he would come to the ring with sunglasses and hand them to kids at ringside. So all the kids would want to be the kid at ringside who Bret Hart gave the glasses to. But, you know, it wasn't meant to be for me. So anyway, that brings us to where we are. The narcissist, out of nowhere, literally out of nowhere, decides to start becoming pro-America. It's slow at first. Like, it just, you know, he'd been obsessed with himself for the longest time. But literally, no, not even slow. It was very jarring. I think it was sudden because Hulk Hogan left in June. And by July 4th, you know, we have the Body Slam Challenge. And I don't want to spoil anything to you because I'm about to put this on and watch this and react to it in real time. But Lex Luger, you know was known as literally his first few months in the company. He was just a narcissistic, uh, self-absorbed monster. And um, he only cared about how good he looked and letting you know how good he looked. But, it, you know, he, I just, he really kind of just came out of nowhere. Anyway, Yokozuna had been on a tear since he won the title. 
like three weeks earlier in June. And on the tear, I use the term very loosely because, I mean, he was beating up people, but, you know, he wasn't really wrestling that often because it hadn't been that long since he won the title back. But they tried to work, they were kind of trying to pick up where, where he left off, where he was still this unstoppable monster. So Lex Luger, uh, his transformation from Lex Luger, the narcissistic villain, to what I'm about to reveal in a moment, uh, doesn't really have any backstory. So let's go into it. So right now, the United States starts to look for a champion, somebody who can stand up to the foreign menace that is the Samoan who's built from Japan and is a former sumo wrestler, Yokozuna. We're looking for somebody to bring freedom to this country. <laughs> <laughs> by body slamming Yokozuna. Now, Yokozuna had issued out by through his manager, Mr. Fuji, the body slam challenge. Uh, I think it was for money. I don't remember exactly, but I'm sure they're going to tell me once I press play on this. But what they did was they, Yokozuna and his managers had come up with this scheme where it was like, if anybody could body slam the 600 pound, allegedly 600 pound WWF champion Yokozuna, I think they'd get a sum of money. I don't think they got a championship match. And then they just got a bunch of money. So they, so the WWF put together this whole thing and it was like, you know, it was on a, on a, on a, a cruiser or it was one of the, one of the, oh my goodness, the naval ship, a naval battleship, the USS Intrepid. And let's see, I guess I'm doing uh, research. And, um, yeah, so let's take a look at this. Let's just let's hop right into it. Enough talk. The time for talk is over. It's been like 22 minutes. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's play the Yokozuna Body Slam Challenge. All right, as we figure out why did I like the Yokozuna Body Slam Challenge. I said it twice. Okay, as is the case with every single WWF situation, some guy is warbling out uh, America the Beautiful. Oh, wait, no, he's actually singing Oh Say Can You See. Well, I guess I'm wrong then. Uh, but normally he does America the Beautiful at WrestleMania because he likes the way it sounds. Okay, right away, we got Macho Man Randy Savage in the ring with, I don't know who this is. So the pre- And also Todd Pettengill, who is an announcer. He's like, he's like a reporter. He's like their version of an actual sports reporter slash broadcaster who would like basically be in charge of all this stuff. Uh, I love Todd Pettengill. He's, I think he was hilarious. Even now he's hilarious. Here comes Yokozuna with Mr. Fuji. With the WWF Championship over his shoulder, even now, man, this dude was mad. I mean, we didn't. Okay, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't know what a Samoan was, so my man tells me that this man is okay. Hold on, Lee Rusin from the New York Giants. Okay, they also did. A, I keep saying okay when I'm when I'm trying to pivot. Uh, Lee Rusin is unsuccessful in his attempt to buy some Yokozuna. Bob Backlund, wrestling legend Bob Backlund, who is. Like if Richie Cunningham from Happy Days or think of the most uncool, pale person you could think of if they were a wrestler. Peter Taglienti, I wonder if he's Italian, from the Giants also. So they set up this body slam challenge and they had outside athletes from different worlds of sport try it. Okay, Scott Burrell from the Charlotte Hornets. He's a basketball player. He said, he's not even trying it. He said, no, he's just walking away. (laughs) Not my back, son. Not my back. Okay, these kids are excited about this. Oh, here comes Scott Steiner. Let me put a pause right there. Scott Steiner. I love Scott Steiner. Okay. So just a little bit more backstory because I kind of just jumped right into this. I thought they were going to explain it more. But the Body Slam Challenge, like I keep saying, was put on by Yokozuna and his manager, Mr. Fuji. See, you could Body Slam Yokozuna, who's 600 pounds. Macho Man Randy Savage, oh yeah, dig it, who was a popular wrestler of the 80s, second only to Hulk Hogan. And in some people's opinion, including mine, more popular and more talented than Hulk Hogan. So 
he's he's the MC of this alongside Todd Pettengale. He's like in charge of it for some reason. Macho Man had entered this phase of his career where even though he was like 37, Vince was like, oh, he's way too old. So Macho Man would do like commentary and he would wear his colorful outfits like he did during wrestling, but he would just talk. It was like a wrestler who did everything but actually wrestled. So he'd cut promos, he'd run around, he'd look wild, he'd dress wild, and he would just be a regular dude. I'm mean, sorry, he would be a regular like broadcaster, as regular as a wrestler would be. So he's emceeing this. So one of the wrestlers who just came to the ring is Scott Steiner. Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner. If you've never heard of Scott Steiner, please YouTube or look up Steiner Math. Scott Steiner Math promo. Steiner Math. It's amazing. It's Scott Steiner talking about the percentage that he has to win a match. And he breaks down this absurdly complicated formula that I'm pretty sure actually checks out and it's wonderful. Please check it out. So this is a young Scott Steiner coming down to the ring. He's a buff dude. He immediately slaps Yokozuna in the face, which is always funny to me that like when, when good guys take an aggressive approach in wrestling, especially unprompted, it's like, wait a minute, like why? It's But then the crowd will sometimes cheer. Like I always think like, wait a minute, he didn't do anything to you. Give the, let the bad guy do something. He's, Yokozuna is literally just standing in the ring. Scott Sider walks up, he's like, hey, bow, slap in the face. He also has a high-pitched voice. All right, so let's see how Scotty Steiner does. Oh, they're also giving these athletes like a millisecond to try to lift this dude, to lift Yokozuna. It's also billed as the Stars and Stripes Challenge, and it's Yokozuna versus the USA. Mind you, this is also done. Hold on. They they pause the challenge so Yokozuna can eat rice with chopsticks. This man is clearly not um, Japanese because he is struggling with these chopsticks. He's struggling. Okay. Let me pause this together real quick. So it's called the Stars and Stripes Challenge, and it's Yokozuna versus the USA. I am scared now for my own freedoms as an American, because if these random athletes cannot body slam this fake Japanese man, I don't, like, do we all have to learn Japanese or do we have to learn Samoan? I don't mind that. I think Samoan is very cool. I think Japan Japan is very cool. You know, I wouldn't mind. It'd be cool to learn a new language. Um, or or will they invade? Is, is he the invasion? Is Yokozuna the invasion? Huh, I hope these random wrestlers can somehow, and also these random athletes, body slam this man so I can enjoy a hot dog and some uncles arguing over a show that they kind of watch but don't understand. Also, just to show how much American pride we have in this contest, there is Tatanka. He is a wrestler who is actually of Native American heritage and you know is actually Native American. He uh, was one of my favorites because he would come on the ring and be like, hey, and he would just like dance around kind of archaic for the time but the 90s were like i said in other episodes very strange time it's wild like the wild west native american wild west he would dance around the ring and he would make a tomahawk chop and everything like that but yeah he's here to try and body slam yokozuna tatanka was also undefeated for an entire year but tatanka being a native american this is literally like the soul of the united states trying to defend against this foreign invader yokozuna Let's see how he, he fares as well. He's dancing around the ring. Does he know what? Oh, he, ch- he chops him in the head. What is with these? With these good, why are they hitting Yokozuna? He's okay. Tatanka is chopping and he's going to the top rope. Hold on. This is not a match, Tatanka. Okay. Okay. Tatanka is just okay. Why is Yokozuna not doing anything? Oh, he can't do it. So Tatanka starts and he's still, he's still fighting Yokozuna. Because, oh, there we go. Thankfully, Yokozuna just finally kicks Tatanka. Tatanka Tataka was beating up this man who was okay. So now Yokozuna just keeps talking. They look good for you. Tataka, 
Tatanka came in there like a house of fire, slapping and chopping Yokozuna. Yokozuna's just standing there like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is a body slam challenge. What are you doing? So, so Tatanka goes to the top rope, chops him again, runs towards the ropes to try and shoulder check Yokozuna. So Yokozuna kicks Tatanka in the face as well as he should and then drops the leg on Tatanka because Tatanka was out of pocket. Thank goodness somebody put a stop to that. And he's the good guy. Why am I on Yokozuna's side for this challenge? Oh, no, I'm a traitor to America. Don't tell anybody. Okay, now we have Bill Frollo. Yeah, they have oh, Bill Fralick, I'm sorry, from the Detroit Lions. He's wearing a windbreaker jacket and Zubaz pants. You're not doing anything in that. Oh, he looks like he's about to fight him for real. Calm down, Bill Frolic. Oh, anger issues much? We didn't know about, you know, story abuse back then. Now, Kona Crush, she's a wrestler whose whole gimmick was that he was from Hawaii, kind of, and he called everybody brother. This dude, I, I didn't like Crush. I liked Atomic Bomb. I thought Atomic Bomb. He, has, he, wears, he was friends with Macho Man, kind of. They had a weird feud where him and Macho Man were kind of cool, but they kind of weren't. He was trying to make this crowd. Oh, this, it's again, we're on a, in a on a battleship called the USS Intrepid. So people are out in this like 90 degree sun. This is wild. And Crush is squared up to Yokozuna. Crush has some height on him, on uh, Yokozuna, taller than him. Yokozuna is actually a tall and wide guy. Crush is eye eye, okay, looking like he's gearing himself up, flushes the hair. I mean, oh, Crush got him. Oh, Crush got him high. Almost. Okay, now this is funny. Macho Man, who's emceeing this whole event and is wearing the most patriotic outfit I've ever seen. He's literally like wearing a flag somehow. There's red, white, and blue everywhere. There's streamers on it. There's flags on it. It says USA on the back. It's a jacket and a cowboy hat with flower with uh, flags and stars and stripes on it, whatever. So Macho Man is now partaking in the challenge. Oh, whoa, whoa. He spit up. What is with these good guys? Macho Man spit on Yokozuna. And then Yokozuna pushed him on the ground, as he should. He spit on him. What is going on with the good guys in this thing? This is blowing my mind. The good guy spit on Yokozuna for no, just for existing, for being born in another country, hypothetically. So, okay, so Macho Man is immediately disqualified because he because Yokozuna pushed him on the ground and he tried to put, pick him up. So far, Crush got him the highest. Kona Crush, the guy whose gimmick is that he's from Hawaii, kind of, but not really. And has on the most day-glow singlet I've ever seen. It's like orange, pink, blue. It's like, he looks like a, a pack of Starburst. Okay. So now... Now that Yokozuna, wait a minute, somebody's arriving in a helicopter. Okay, I'm pretty sure that we had the Detroit Lions, we had the New York Giants, we had uh, the basketball player who just ran away, we had Crush, we had Tatanka who started fighting him for no reason, we had Macho Man Randy Savage who spit on him for no reason. <laughs> who could who could possibly save America? Who could Mr. Fuji and Yokozuna looking thoroughly unimpressed? Yokozuna clearly has. So I heard a story about the backs, like the the behind the scenes of this. Mr. Fuji, who is Yokozuna's, oh, it's it's Lex Luger wearing an America shirt, but Lex Luger is obsessed with himself. Wait a minute, it's Lex Luger just coming through the crowd. He's actually pushing children, which is hilarious to see. Lex Luger, wow, he's wearing a, like his flag is a half an American flag. Uh, clearly supposed to be the next great American. State. He's literally pushing everybody. Yup, push Bobby Heenan out of the way. That was his old manager when he was a bad guy. So I guess that's our indicator that now Lex Luger is a good guy. Literally, his bad guy manager, who he was just with maybe like two weeks prior to this, Lex Luger pushes his bad guy manager out of the way. And I'm pretty sure that's the the whole, like, yep, I'm good now. Wrestling is so weird. What if criminals did that in court? Like if like somebody committed a robbery? Oh, he's indicating that he's going to slam him to all of, all of the crowd, including me, I guess. So, oh, wait, we're going to have a speech first. 
Oh, so, so Todd Pettengill, who's the broadcaster who's in charge of this also, alongside Macho Man, is like, it's too late, man. Yokozuna won. You can't come. You missed the contest. The registration date is closed. You didn't see two people sitting at the front desk with those collapsible tables to register? No, because they left because it's over. So Lex is now giving a speech about America and USA and you know, whatever. Rah, rah. And again, it's just funny because <laughs> Fuji, Fuji and Yokozuna they're not even doing anything. If you can see, Fuji and Yokozuna are just standing in the ring as Lex Luger yells about patriotism, and they're not—they're not spinning on the flag. They're not disparaging America. Fuji actually just okay. Fuji just threw down the Japanese flag and just spit on the floor, and Lex Luger throws Fuji out the ring. What is going on with these good guys in, in wrestling? Luger takes off his shirt and he says, "Come on, Yokozuna." He flexes the Yokozuna. And now the nose to nose, Lex Luger is he's actually the same height as Yokozuna. Yokozuna is still unfazed by all this. Oh, Yokozuna charged at him. Oh, Yokozuna goes to the turnbuckle. Lex is hitting him in the head for some reason. And Lex Luger body slams Yokozuna. And he goes crazy like he just won the championship or a million dollars. So like he's about to become the biggest star on the planet. Like he's the rock now. I do remember this being the beginning of the Lex Express, where Lex Luger would just literally take a bus around America campaigning to become the next WWF champion. I remember it. There was a song attached to it called Hero. Again, look it up on YouTube. They're holding Lex Luger on their shoulders while he waves the two American flags. This crowd is going crazy, but I think it's because it's a spectacle in the daytime and they're all just there. And there's one thing about the 90s that I remember very vividly. It's that if you got a group of people together, it doesn't matter what the reason was, and they were outside wearing ill-fitting T-shirts and hats and sunglasses, they were, everybody was excited. You very rarely, unless it was a riot, it, you very rarely saw people on a sunny day, doesn't matter the color, doesn't matter the nationality or whatever, in the 90s, outside, and they weren't just happy to be outside. <laughs> like kids who were always on punishment. So Lex Luger body slams Yokozuna. Thank goodness. Uh, freedom is safe. I was worried because, you know, I mean, while I'm sure I could have got a Rosetta Stone, I just wasn't necessarily ready to uh, to fully commit to being a different nationality. So that was that. Uh, why did I like the Lex Luger Body Slam Challenge? I got to say for the first time in all of them, I just didn't. Like, even as a kid, because I love Bret Hart so much, I always watch that back and I was like, maybe there's an excitement that I'm missing from this. Maybe there's something that I, you know, I just, I didn't pick up on. No, this was just, it was so silly. It was like, because it was, it's so, I mean, forget about the xenophobia, whatever. That is also very crazy. But there's just something about the fact that he was literally just a bad guy. And not just a bad guy. He was like the most self, like selfish bad guy ever. He didn't, he genuinely did not care his first rivalry was against another narcissist known as Mr. Perfect, whose whole gimmick was that he did everything perfectly. And Lex Luger was such a villain and was so self-absorbed that he was the bad guy in a feud against a guy named Mr. Perfect. So this dude now just suddenly gets out of a helicopter. Why he took a helicopter late to this event, I don't know. Just showing that, like, I know they're trying to do that, like, yeah, the, the, the hero is here. But he came, he yelled in Yokozuna's face. I mean, to me, honestly, the biggest per- the biggest person in this whole thing is, is Yokozuna, who was just standing there for this challenge, getting hit in the head. Oh, the story I was going to say before that was a backstage story was that since they're on a you know a battleship in the middle of summer in hot heat, 
the ring was incredibly hot and Yokozuna, since he was supposed to be a sumo wrestler, came to the ring usually barefoot with sandals on. So he had his sandals on and he walks in the middle of the ring and it's super hot. Mr. Fuji, his manager, who was a notorious prankster, when Yokozuna took his sandals off, Mr. Fuji was holding them. So Yokozuna subsequently you know, does a couple of things and then he's waiting around for the next opponent to come. So he's like, he motions for his sandals and he starts, Mr. Fuji puts them on the ring. Yokozuna starts walking towards his sandals and Mr. Fuji subsequently slaps the sandals out of the ring off into the distance. And Yokozuna has to just stand there on a hot mat, barefoot, just because, because wrestling. Uh, all right, so, oh, okay. So popped up on a suggested video after the fact is... So Lex Luger did that whole Yokozuna's body slam, or the Stars and Stripes Challenge, whatever you want to call it, which was whatever. And after that, he started campaigning, like I said, to be WWF champion. And they had a whole music video, a Lex Luger video called I'll Be Your Hero. I'm about to just put this on real quick out of morbid curiosity. Oh, already I'm I'm sold. It starts with one of those hazy, out of focus, like hot road shots where the the car is off in the day, or the bus, because he was on the Lex Express, which was a tour, but literally it was a campaign bus with his face on the side. It's that in the distance with an American flag overlay. It's just the American flag, like transparent. And then, oh, the Statue of Liberty. Give me this America. Show me a slice of pizza next. Let's do this. This is the most American thing I've ever seen in my life. You know what? This song should probably be the national anthem. Why? And a random child with an American flag. My goodness. I'm proud to be, I can't sing that. Can't sing that. A soldier. Yo, okay, I'm not kidding. You guys have to look at, you have to watch this video. YouTube it. Lex Luger, I'll be your hero. It is the, the the soldiers that are holding that flag up. I think it's Iwo Jima, I believe. Oh, the Washington, no, it's, uh, is that Mount Rushmore? The Washington Monument, no. What's the one with the actual president? The Lincoln Memorial. Man, this is so, and Lex Luger body slamming Yokozuna. Okay, so all of those pro-American things is capped off with Lex Luger Body slamming Yokozuna. I remember at this time, they also started calling him like Made in the USA Lex Luger and uh, Mr. America. And now he's looking out the window on the bus as the song plays in the background, sporting a, mil- a mullet. It says Lex Express on the side of the bus. He's now in the gym working out, showing that to be an American, you've got to be in peak physical form, which, which indicates to me that he's never actually seen a living, breathing American. He's holding two kids. I'm hoping they're his. Uh, yep, they're his because they're on the bus with him now. This is literally a campaign video. To become WWF champion, which I'm pretty sure means Lex Luger has no idea how the sports world works. He's like, so, <laughs> guys, I know the Patriots want to be the champions at the Super Bowl. So how about this? We just, you know, forget about playing games against other teams. We're not going to battle the Bills, the Chargers, the Jets. We're not going to do any of that. Dolphins, no, no, no. We're all going to hop on this bus and we're going to tour around America and we're going to demand that they give the Patriots a Super Bowl opportunity. <sighs> you don't know how this works, do you? No, don't worry about it. We're going to go to New York. Then we're going to go to New Jersey. Then we're going to go to Kansas. Then we're going to go to Florida until we go all the way to the White House. That's not That's not how that works at all, at all. Now Lex is uh, he's having other kids flex in front of him. He is going through the airport looking thoroughly disinterested. He's picking up his daughter again. This seems like they were like, hey, Lex, can you do a couple vignettes with some kids? And he was like, I will only do them with my children or or at an autograph signing because there's a table between him and this kid. He is really trying not to interact with any of these people. Like he's in like three or four shots with these kids (laughs) that are not his. 
this bus is putting on some serious mileage and it's him posing in front of random, you know, beaches and landmarks. He's just wearing USA stuff. This was not going to work in the 90s. Like, granted, we weren't like against America because the Olympics were a couple of years away from this, 96, and it was fantastic. But this man just yelling at Yokozuna and wearing his suit, like he's literally campaigning. Nobody, like, nobody looks up to politicians like that. Like, it just, this is so misguided, especially in this era. I mean, he's literally campaigning to be champion. I can't, I can't, I can't stress how great this video is, though, with this bus just driving around. I imagine, imagine you're sitting in a restaurant and this muscular dude with blonde hair and America all over him, and now it's him in front of the flag posing as the bus drives in the back. Wow, that was the longest three minutes of my life. Imagine this guy just walks up to you and he's like, "Hey, can you vote for me?" And you're like, "Oh, I didn't know you they were running for any kind of office. I don't what what office are you running for?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm just trying to be WWF champion." And you're like, "What do you mean? Shouldn't you be like wrestling in a ring?" No, no, no. I'm taking all this time going around this country, this great God's beautiful country of ours, and I'm asking for a championship match. Oh, okay. So do I have anything? To, can I do anything to get that? No, you, you can't. So then why are you telling me? Why aren't you wrestling against other wrestlers to get it? You know what, Lex Luger, if you don't leave right now. Okay, back to the task at hand. Why did I like Yokozuna's body slam challenge? <laughs> I did not. I did not like it. It was so stupid. It was so dumb. I think at the time, since I enjoyed wrestling so much that, and this was, again, this wasn't an actual wrestling match. This wasn't anything, you know, although they punched Yokozuna in the face for no reason a couple of times, so he got pissed off and kicked somebody in the head. This was not a wrestling match. This was this was a music video featuring a wrestler, and this was a body slam challenge featuring a wrestler and, you know, other athletes. This was far from the wrestling. This, and I love skits in wrestling. I, I love them. There's a lot I could show you, but this, whatever this was, this was not it. Somehow this has 3.1 million views, and it's also from 10 years ago. So I guess maybe it's accumulative from when it was first posted on YouTube. Um, but please watch the Yokozuna's Body Slam Challenge, and then watch Lex Luger's I'll Be Your Hero. It is a one-two punch of just nonsense. Nonsense. Uh, so I didn't like it. First time in my very short uh, show run that I've done something and watched something or interacted with something that I just didn't like. So I can't... I'm just... I just, there's certain times when I wonder what companies were thinking. Actually, it happens very often where they'll put something together, be it a project or some sort of, of a, a product for general consumption. And I'm like, who is this supposed to be for? And I think about not just the product itself or like general consumption or mass consumption, because I understand mass consumption. But I think about the time frame. I think about the socio economic, socio-political climate. I think of a lot of things. And I don't remember what was going on in 1993 because I was, again, seven years old and I'm not going to do the research to think about, you know, what was going on. But because this thing failed in spectacular fashion, oh, spoiler alert for something that happened 30 years ago, Vince McMahon realizes that this is ridiculous and it's not working because he's basically a politician instead of wrestling and the crowd vehemently rejects him. So we fast forward to WrestleMania 9 is where Hulk Hogan, you know, where Bret Hart lost to Yokozuna and then Hulk Hogan beat whatever. WrestleMania 10 now, this Lex Luger thing is not working. So this man is like, okay, let me just, you know, see who the audience likes more. And they have this thing called the Royal Rumble where 30 wrestlers enter. The last wrestler in the, in the match who wins gets the championship match against Yokozuna at WrestleMania. So at the Royal Rumble, 30 wrestlers enter. 
Bret Hart and Lex Luger go over the top rope at the same time. So Vince McMahon, in the middle of the ring, holds up Lex's hand. The crowd is like, eh. Holds up Bret Hart's hand. The crowd is like, yes, please just give us Bret Hart. We don't care about Lex Luger. And Vince realizes then and there, okay, this Lex thing is not working. And finally, after like seven or eight months of trying to make Lex Luger the guy and ignoring Bret Hart, he's like, fine. And Bret Hart goes on to beat Yokozuna. Yay. And everybody lives happily ever after, except for Lex Luger, who goes to another company and never tells WWF and never comes back to wrestle. So I guess it had a weird ending. But yeah, I mean, at the time, even as a kid, I, I feel like I might have liked the idea of this whole thing being outside. Because again, when you're a kid, doing stuff that's normally inside, outside is always like doing something that you normally do on the inside. Outside, like in the outdoors, is like, oh my goodness, we're doing this outside. Like having class outside. We did it like one time when I was in elementary school and we couldn't believe it. You know, or like watching a movie outside is like, oh my goodness, this is the greatest thing ever. So seeing the wrestlers go outside to like, you know, body slam Yokozuna. I'm sure at the time I was probably like, oh, that's cool. But I can't see young Mike liking that Lex Luger, I'll be your hero music video. That's just so silly. So yeah, I probably liked it because it was outside. But now I don't like it. I, it doesn't hold up. It doesn't, I can't even, it's not even like, cause I'm, I'm like, I'm, yeah, I'm telling jokes about it and I'm, I'm, you know, interacting with it on the podcast. But my goodness, man, this is, this was not, this, I can't even say this was so bad. It's good territory. This was just, this was really just, I hate using this word cause it's so, it's so rudimentary and basic, but I, it was just stupid. This was just stupid. This was so stupid. All right. Now that we've gotten past that, my goodness, I need to recalibrate my brain. I literally, my brain genuinely feels fried just by watching that. Like, I have not had this happen ever. It feels like my skull, like somebody rattled my brain around and I can't get it to stop moving. It's just, it's so silly. Like, why would you ride on a bus to get a championship match? Like, (laughs) like, guys, vote for me. What do you mean? how do you how do you get a championship? Well, you gotta win a lot. So then, why are you not? I'm watching Monday Night Raw. I'm I'm watching the game right now. Like, why are you guys here instead of being there playing? Because this is how you reach the people. You don't need to reach us. You can reach us from the TV where we can see you playing. Like, this is crazy. So yeah, Lex Luger, I'll be your hero, and Yokozuna's Body Slam Challenge. Check it out for yourselves, guys. It's on YouTube. Enjoy it. Maybe you'll laugh as much as I did because it's it's very very silly. Uh, having said that, let's switch gears and wrap this thing up, put a bow on it, whatever you want to call it. Wrestling, I know that it's quote-unquote fake, but they do take a lot of risks and look at the long list of injuries to wrestlers and surgeries they've had, and they get injured more than, I'd say, any other sport. It's crazy, and it's on the regular. takes a lot of athletic prowess to do what they do. takes a lot of talent, a lot of skill, a lot of uh, precision. So... If this was an actual wrestling match or an actual wrestling, you know, episode, I'd be probably way more lenient on it. But this was Lex Luger being forced down our throat as an American savior. And it is absurd. So, yeah, that's going to be the end of that. Next time, I'm looking forward to it. Just and I normally don't do previews, but I'm going to do a full on why did I like it product interaction, I guess you can call it. I don't like unboxing because unboxing is like, Unboxings are just, I mean, it's going to be an unboxing of a Tamagotchi, but whatever. It's going to be a Tamagotchi episode or a Gigapet if you're in America. They're both the same thing. Uh, It was just, you know, 
Giga Pet, Tamagotchi, six of one half dozen the other. Also, we're going to do a watch along with um, Super Mario Brothers because I promised that in episode two. So, you know, I don't want to look like a liar, you know, because sometimes I will lie, you know, like a liar. But yeah, um, if you want to see more content from me, check out Why Did I Like It's older episodes on all streaming platforms, of course. Check me out on my YouTube, Mike A. Sims X, Mike Versus. That's M-I-C-B-E-R-S-Y-S. Check out my TikTok and Instagram. That's at Mike A. Sims, at Mike A. Sims for both. We have, of course, my Twitter, which is at the Epic Mike V. Hope to hear from you all. Hit me up on some socials and let me know what you thought about these videos if you watch them. Let me know what you thought about other episodes. Any ideas for future episodes? Remember, keep it to basically the 90s. I like to say when I was under 12, but how would you know how old I am in the 90s? So let's keep it 99 and and between 99 and 86 is usually the era because that's when I was younger. I think I was maybe like 14. So maybe even even lower. Let's keep it mid mid to early 90s and 80s. If you have any ideas for me, maybe I'll make an exception if it's a really good idea. But anyway, I have been Mike A. Sims. This has been Why Did I Like It? And I will see you beautiful people. I will see you on the flip side of humanity.